What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from season two of The Traders U.S. on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So sally forth and join me for season two of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. All right, everybody, welcome back to our fourth and final installment of Game Changers of the New Era here on The Pod Has Spoken. First, with me as always, mostly always, my forever co-host, Riley McAtee. Riley, did you get the Super Super Bowl outcome you wanted? Uh, No, I I didn't care about either team, though. So it was like not going to work for me either way. And you're the NFL guy at the ringer, right? But you just like did what? No investment whatsoever in the Super Bowl. Not once the Lions lost. It was it was just okay. like, all right, Niners, Chiefs. I don't really care. I have to. I live in Oakland, so it was like I, I don't know if I want all the Niners fans around me to be happy, or if I'd rather like bathe in their tears and misery. I feel like we have a Niners fan here today. Maybe me. Claire, are you in I mean, maybe. I don't know. Don't you live in the area over there? Yeah, I'm I'm actually in SF as well. I'm in Palo Alto. So I guess I'm a Niners fan. Um mm-hmm, love, guess. love football, love sports. I'm also a Taylor Swift fan. That's hard. Yeah, like cross allegiances. I was hoping I'd get to party in SF if they won. Um and I will say the I didn't realize until TikTok, but it is so sad watching grown men lose things like that. And so I'm on the side of TikTok yeah. where they put sad music and like show the quarterbacks and the running whatever's like <laughs> going back into their little <laughs> bench or onto their locker dressing yeah, room. Yeah, very sad. I didn't intro you professionally here, but the pinnacle of game changers of the new era, season 44. Fourth boot, Claire Rafson. Claire, thank you so much for joining us. And you are famous. 
I would say one of the most famous, if not the most famous, challenge sitter outer <laughs> on Survivor, in so much that Jeff had to change the rule about when and how you could sit out of a challenge. Going into the game, was that your plan? Like, were you like, I'm going to sit out? Or like, how did that come to pass? Oh, I mean, so many things had to come to pass for that to, to happen. <laughs> but yes, um, you know, this podcast marks the start of my official Game Changers returning campaign. So thank you for giving me this platform. Um, yes. But yeah, I would say, you know, I had no intention of causing such a stir or breaking a rule. Um I kind of had a feeling that I would do things differently. And I knew that the bench always looked fun and that I uh-huh. would love to. Um, but I had no like major intention of causing this kind of stir. But yeah, like I think can walk through the decision, but I, it became really clear really quickly about sitting out. And I loved my time on the bench and I have very fond memories mm-hmm. from that beautiful little wood bench. Um, but yeah, I was definitely not, my initial plan. My initial plan was to win Survivor. <laughs> so you say it was it was clear when in the moment. Why was it clear? So I think like a broad thing about me is that I like mm-hmm. love rules because I love to like go around them and use them to my advantage. And I feel yeah. like that's like everything in my life and as well as Survivor. And so I'd always watched and been like, maybe they're just not showing us, but like, why are these people sitting on the bench for like two hours? and not strategizing, not making use of it, like not doing that. And also like, why are people not using sit out strategically? Because it's exhausting to not eat and like doing challenges is fun, but also brutal. And so for me, the strategy came in like right away. So like Bruce, who was on what your first episode of this podcast, yeah, you know, he kind of set everything in motion to make that possible because you know, once Bruce hit his head and the numbers were like off, we had that free time to know like, oh, okay, well, there's Tika's down one. So we're going to have an extra sit out. Um, and in my head, I like kind of, I hadn't said it to anyone, but I kind of had two criteria, which was like, one, if it looks like it's going to be like super brutal and hard, I don't really want to do that. But two, mm-hmm. I really wanted to see who Ratu was going to sit out because if there was somebody on Ratu that looked interesting to me, I was going to sit out and try to talk to them and strategize, which is what happened. <laughs> so, so let's get, let's, let me stop you there. Who's not interesting on Ratu? Like, if they would have like sat out, would you have been like, yeah, never mind. I'm going to play this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you're the one that said, I didn't like our, they can't all be interesting if you're saying, like, was there someone particular that you were like, I'm going to I'm going to get stay in the challenge cuz I don't wanna <laughs> mingle with that um, person. Okay, I say this and I love him now. I love them both mm-hmm. now and like they wouldn't have sat out sure. cuz they're big guys. But like Kane and Brandon neither of them gave me the best vibes at Ponderosa of like that they'd want to be my friend. Um mm-hmm. meanwhile like Jamie, Lauren, uh Matthew, Maddie all kind of gave me vibes that they would like want to kiki and like talk. Okay. And like, I think the thing that was the most interesting was like, so that rock scene with Matthew where he fell and hurt his arm, we knew about because on the journey that Lauren, Matt, and Sarah Wade went on, they had all shared that. So that's how we found out Bruce was going home, had gone home. And that's how we found out that Matthew was like in a sling, arm hurt, like really damaged. 
And so I remember the like most interesting thing to me about that was I was like, okay, Matthew's probably going to sit out. He's a big guy though. And also he showed up to that challenge not wearing his sling. So I was like, oh, this guy's like afraid to show us that he's hurt. Like he's trying to play off as like he has a working arm. And so that was like so interesting to me. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to like poke him on that and like see what I can get out of him. And did you get what you wanted out of it? Yeah. I got more than I wanted out of it. It was like insane. What did you get? So like the challenge itself, like, and I think you know, like obviously Tyson, you know this, but like, it's so crazy. Riley doesn't Yeah, right. Like the challenges are so much longer than what they show you. Like they just are like, Mm -hmm. especially this one, like that challenge went for literally, I think over two hours. And so like, it was like, I think on the TV show, it was a total of 10 minutes, including Brandon fainting. But like, Mm-hmm. It was so long and so grueling. They actually had to reset the puzzle at one point, like when Brandon went down, there's like all this stuff. And so I had so much time to get information and it took a lot of time of like pro- poking and prodding at Matthew to get stuff out. But basically like the two things I got out of him, which you can go into, but how I got them out is fun is I got that whole like Lauren drama. I started accidentally, which I, <laughs> I can talk about. And then I also, he told me about the birdcage and about the fact that there's like a real idol and a fake idol. And like that whole mechanism didn't get shown on the show because it kind of ruined the birdcage. <laughs> Did you tell everybody about the birdcage when you learned that? I actually only told Franny about it like on my way out kind of. Um, okay. So, But her and Matt knew from like basically the day I was going home onward that it was fake. Like uh, basically what happened was on the bench, I started off because like, Matthew wasn't wearing his sling. The first thing I said was like, oh, like, how's your arm? I heard it. You heard it. And he immediately was like, I didn't hurt it. And, and then he sat for like three minutes and thought about it and was like, oh, um, actually, I heard it. It's like really bad, but I'm okay. Thanks. And I was like, oh, yeah, Lauren told us like, so sad to hear, like, hope you're good. And then over the next like hour and a half, I had to like poke and prod at this man being like, oh, good day to sit out. Like, it's brutal weather, like tough challenge and like couldn't get him to say stuff. Even after talking about the weather, I know because like that's like the key to a man's <laughs> I heart. It's so. just like weather, right? I don't think it's the key to the man's heart. I think it's some people aren't ready to be deep enough, yeah. and like weather is very superficial surface area, but still being social. Yeah, yeah. Very he's smart. like from Ohio. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk to him about weather. And so then at some point, I finally got him to talk about the journey. And then after I gave him, he gave me the exact story of what. Lauren had said, which matched perfectly with Matt, except he didn't mention that like Lauren had brought like a little shell home, which Matt did. And he brought like a scroll that said, I lost my vote. And so when he didn't say that, I was like, awesome. I'm going to tell him, give him information and make him like me. And also like maybe stir the pot. And so once I said that, I was like, oh, no big deal. But like, you know, he showed us a little shell. Like, I don't know. You should just look. And I knew it landed because like five minutes later, he was like, so it was a shell. And then after that, he just opened up. So then he told me about the birdcage. We talked about like the tribe dynamics. I knew that Brandon had the idol. Like I knew all of these things. And I like definitely had made this relationship with him where we trusted each other. And I did that while like other people are like sweating, dying, like pushing these horrible blocks. Um, And that information was like huge. And so when I got back to camp, I told Franny about it. And like, we started to look a little bit more pointed for like the key then, because I knew we were looking in certain areas. And then it was huge information because when Matt came and was like, I found an idol, I was like, what was in the cage when you opened it? And he was like, just, just the idol. 
And so I immediately knew like, okay, that's probably a bum idol. So like when I was on the chopping block, it wasn't even a factor of like, should he play this on me? Because it didn't feel like it was probably real. And it also meant that like somebody else might've had it and it was in circulation. I like that. So you get all this information and cross tribe information. Is that the catalyst for sitting out again and again? So I think it's interesting and like, so basically, and like, I don't know, it's probably more new era than it's old era, but like people are so kumbaya. What are you saying, Claire? People are soft. And so like Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that matters is like- I listen, first of all, to my audience and to the new era people listening, I'm not the one that called you soft this time. (laughs) I'm soft. This time. (laughs) (laughs) But basically like, all people care about or not care about, but like so early on when you're like on a tribe of six people and like one thing can make you the odd man out, tribe cohesion is like so, so important. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I did have in mind is like, I'm not going to be creating like waves wherever possible. And so kind of what had happened was like, after I set out one, it did become easier to like sit out again. And so when they came in time and like the second challenge was going to come down to that snake no matter what that I wasn't going to be doing. Um, I basically was like, you know, he gives you 20 seconds to decide. You don't get to like strategize. You don't get to see the challenge before you choose who sits out. And everyone kind of turns and they look at me and Heidi because we're the smallest. And Heidi was like so hellbent on playing every challenge. Like was like, I want to play. I want to be in. That's the worst. Listen, I'll tell you why it's the worst because you have to be self-aware in those moments. Like, the people that are like, I need the full experience by competing. You're like, you're the weak link, dude. Like, sit out and we will respect you. I've sat out of challenges. Like, I know that if you put a blindfold on me, I am handicapped to like the worst. Like, I cannot do things with my eyes shut. And so, like, there's no point in me like competing in that because I'm at best tied with the worst. And so yeah. <laughs> I just like, there's, I don't need to be here right now. Let somebody else do this. Yeah. And it's like, you look at every challenge and like, you don't have full view of it, but you're like, I think my brain, it's like, can I differentially help win this challenge? No. Like I wasn't going to be the slowest or the worst. Yeah. Like I could have been in and been fine, but I'm not going to be the one doing the snake puzzle. I'm not going to be the one that's like, there was no part where like, you're like doing anything that I was the best at. So when people looked at me and Heidi's like, I want to play. Sure. Like I'll raise my hand again, yeah. whatever. Why, why fight that fight? Right. Exactly. And if we lost it, like I still was in a good place. We had, I had a very strong plan. Like I was not the one going home. And also like you lose one of those snake puzzles and it's like a lot more eyes on the person who lost the snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could point at Heidi too and just be like, yo, I wanted to play, but Heidi was so gung ho about it. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And like, I just think it was like to me. And I think the other thing that's like important that I now know, mm-hmm. <laughs> both Jeff and the audience, like, you know, I'm a fan. I've watched every season. Like, you start to believe that the edit is reality. And like, the way that's so interesting is like, when you watch the Survivor episode, challenges are what, like a third of it. Tribal is like also a third, or maybe like it's 10 minutes of it. And so, in your brain as a fan, and also Jeff, because those are the two things he sees, that's like the whole game right? You're like, challenges are massive. Like they're so important. But for players, like 
we have spent so much time at camp. Like obviously it's 26 days, it's less downtime, yeah. but we have full days just like sitting at camp, strategizing, doing things. And like when you're in it, those feel really important. And so like, what's a challenge, like one random challenge going to be? And so I sat that one out. Honestly, that one was like, just kind of like, I didn't lose anything from it, but like there was no one to talk to. There was nothing in the bench. One thing that was interesting was like, I feel like from the first challenge, they had like cameramen across the way, like just getting random shots of me and Matthew. And when we started talking, you could see somebody move to get like a better shot of me and him. Yeah. The second time I was on the bench, they had like at least one more dedicated camera person that was like watching me. To catch the action. Yeah, me on the bench. And then by the third time I was sitting out, there was like multiple camera people available and ready. Um, so yeah, so the second one was kind of like a, I feel like a toss up. Maybe I should have played it. It, would, it looked like a fun one, but like really it just was like, why am I going to shake the boat? If we lose, then they go, oh, Claire pushed in yeah. and wanted to play and we lost. So I was like, fine, if you want me to sit out, like, cool. I'll do you have out. to pick the, the sit outs before they do like the run through of the, the challenge where... So Jeff will give you like a 20 second run through. Uh -huh. Like he will say, you're going to go up. It's the one you see on TV. So you run up the ladder across the thing. Then you do the snake puzzle. That's what he says. And then he goes, okay, pick somebody, sit out. Yeah. And you have like 10 seconds. And if you wait, take more than five, he's like, come on guys, I need a decision. Then if you sit out, they bring like a handler. You have a dedicated handler who escorts you away from your tribe. Makes you look the other way, right? Yeah. You stand, I like stand and like- Back to the- yeah. Try to talk to the like whoever was handling me, like make some jokes. And then each tribe goes and walks through and does like a detailed, here's how we're going to do it. Here's our plan. And I'm not allowed to be part uh, of that. Correct. The other rules that were important to the sit out were one, you're not allowed to help your tribe in any way. You're allowed to like cheer them on. You're allowed to do stuff. Okay. But I was not allowed to like in the slide puzzle, I couldn't say, oh, like move this here. Oh, that's the wrong move. Right. And then the other one that I double checked, and that's like the big one was I was like, am I allowed to talk to him? Like, can I talk to Matthew? And they were like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and like, to a point where like, in the middle of that challenge, when we were really getting into things, Jeff ran over and was like, you guys can't be talking. And I was like, they said I could. So I'm going to keep talking. Yeah. And he was like, oh, and like left. But so those are the rules of the sit out bench. And like, other than that, you can kind of do what you want. I could have taken a nap. I could have like, you know. Could you have taken a nap though? Do you think you could have fallen asleep right there? On that first challenge? Yes. <laughs> the second one was quick okay. um, and like stressful. Yeah. I don't know. There's like, they love my little reaction shots. So there were like pictures of me. Like I was like so tense. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Riley talked. Uh, well, not Riley. I guess Claire, you were the one that talked about the Super Bowl and watching people lose and stuff. But like, that's the attachment you have when you're on the sit out bench and you're watching your tribe either like lose it or win it or even like getting through a first part and then watching someone be a disaster on the puzzle and you're just like devastated. And like you can't see your tribe for parts of it too because like your bench is where your bench is. Yeah. So you're sitting there like waiting for them to come around the corner and like, you know, and then also like I didn't realize until I went on Survivor, but I'm like horribly empathetic, like painfully empathetic. Too much so you think? Potentially, yeah. Okay. And it was to the point where like watching other tribes lose was like hurting my little heart. Really? And, like, that's the best part. <laughs> you don't think that's the best part? Like it's fun. It was fun to watch like Ratu lose, but watching like Tika lose was so sad. Claire, it sounds like you're a little soft too. 
fitting in with the new school. Yeah. Yeah. I'm soft. She already admitted it. She admitted it. Listen, it, for me, that's like the only thing better than winning is watching other people lose. And I don't know why yeah. that is for me, but it's just like, and then like the continual losing as they get sadder each time. Just, I don't know why. I just like, I love like the pile on of loss after loss after loss. You also like learn so much about people when they lose. Yeah, like I remember so distinctly. Yeah. Like we get, we'll get to the challenge, but like, I remember like Danny has this like crazy darkness about him. Like it's insane. Like he's super like, ha ha ha. And then he's like, yeah, snaps. And so like when we lost Jam Jam said something like, oh, you guys are going to love tribal council. It's so cute or something like funny and like poking at us, which he should have. Yeah. And Danny was like, what did you just say? And everyone was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. And he he snapped back in like, oh, yeah, ha, it'll be funny. Yeah. We're happy over here. I'm a cool guy. That's you get to see people's. I think that's what it is, is you get to see people's masks like any moment where somebody pulls their mask off like i remember tina wesson when we voted vetus out and she was unaware that her alliance member was going home and for three days leading up to it i was like you watch tina wesson is not going to be the love-filled old woman that she claims to be in this moment she came back and she was like calling everybody by their first and last name and be like how dare you you were slotted in fifth why would you betray me? I was going to give you fifth place. It's like, well, now we're in top three, baby. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, and, but it was like so indignant. And I was just like, I love, I love an indignant loser. That's, I think, what I love is when they lose yeah. and they're like, Bleh. and you're like, and I've been that too. And people probably like to see that from me as well. So, super fun. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. 
Claire, I have to say, like, I, I like that. I like you don't want to rock the boat. A, like if Heidi's gung ho about being in the challenge, then what's the point of fighting with her? Because then it puts an even bigger target on you if you lose. When they're like, she forced her way in and we lost. Like, why did she do that? Like, there has to be an amount of self-awareness there. So now third time rolls around. So this is where it's like, and so this is maybe the only reason the second challenge would have been helpful. Okay. Is like, by the third one, it's just doubling, compiling on in those exact same ways. Like, we now have two sit-outs available. So like, I have to, I would have to push past two other people to play. Yeah. And like, again, the calculus is so quick, so fast. It's like, one, what do people want? And like immediate at this point, Josh and Danny are like, okay, Heidi Claire, right? And then also like, at that point, that was like partially water, which I was fine. Also, like we could talk about it, but I was so prepared. I was in the best shape of my fucking life. Like I could have done any of those challenges. The issue was that the puzzle on that one was the like insanity puzzle, the like four blocks where you like have to line them up, which is like the one puzzle I hadn't practiced or learned the strategy on. And then secondly, like the blocks that you had to use for the insanity puzzle, it wasn't like, oh, like little blocks. They were like life-size blocks. Like I remember looking over at Carson and Jam Jam and you have Jam just like beasting them. And like, it was like strength and knowing the insanity puzzle. And both Franny and Matt had practiced the insanity puzzle, felt good about it. And so again, it was like, okay. At that point, I knew that Danny had turned on me and was like going to come for me basically no matter what if we lost. And it was like, okay, it's like, do I think I can beast it through and help the team win? And then we'll be safe again. Or like, you know, if we lose, they say, what change? Claire was here. Let's boot her. And so it was kind of like one of those catch 22s where I was like, you know, at this point, and I was like, okay, at least I'll have some time on the bench. And what I used my bench time that time on was being like, Heidi, if we lose, what are you thinking? Like, I kept trying to just like ask her, how are you doing? I was trying to like cuddle up on her. Like I was doing everything I could to try to like, I knew she would be the vote I needed that to like save me. And so I was really, really trying to like use my bench time for that. And also to like repair with Lauren, because I think she was a little annoyed at me after I kind of messed her up (laughs) with Matthew. So it was like a little bit of that. But yeah, that was like, kind of like, okay, fine. And it really is like, at that point, like, I think I was thinking really long term, and maybe I should have thought shorter term, but it was like, what is my best chance of getting further? And like, okay, yeah, I want to play these challenges. I want to try. Like, everyone who's a fan wants to play the games and wants to do them. But I was thinking about what will position me to like make it another day and also make it to like the ones I really wanted to do were the individual challenges where I was like, oh, those are the ones I'm going to like crush. Right. And so it was like, what will get me to the merge? And I, at that point I was like, okay, like it's a bit of a damned if I do, damned if I don't. And I just am not going to be able to do this insanity puzzle better than somebody else. I now do think I maybe could have, but that's a separate thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can't do worse, right? I, I think it's so interesting though. Like it, through this all, like, obviously I think like on the bench, I remember Lauren being like, girl, why do you keep sitting out? And I was like, um, and like, I also was trying to play up because if they, there was a journey, I was like, hopefully she sends me cause she thinks I'm like getting forced on the bench. Right. But like, even in all of this, like, yes, Jeff made a comment every time I sat out, but that was a comment amongst like 
five minutes of Matt chat that they don't show. Right. And like all of this stuff. So I had no idea at the time how strongly like this would be picked up or how much of like an impact it would, like I knew, but I didn't realize that they were going to like make a new rule about it or that like it was going to be this whole conversation, at least to the degree that it was. Yeah. Well, let's get to that. The degree that it was online. Are you getting love? Are you getting hate? Are you getting a mixture? Are you the villain? Like uh, what are people saying? It's one of those things that it's like, yeah, it's like that hindsight, like sideline. I really don't know sports. Sideline, like commentary of like, if it had worked, people were like, would have been obsessed. Yeah. But only when it doesn't work, people didn't. So like the first two episodes, I'm getting like praised. I'm everyone's winner pick. Like on the first episode, my only screen time was doing that thing on the bench, which was like huge and like being funny. But like, I got Reddit player of the week. I got Instagram player. Like just like, you know, people were like, oh my God, this is so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. And then like the second episode, same people were like, this is a really smart calculated move because it was. And if the third one had worked, it also would have been. And, but because it didn't work, it, some of the discourse did. And especially in more of like the casual circles, like I don't really care about like, it's so funny. I remember the next morning, like, I think like Carla or somebody from 43 texted me like, ignore the haters. And I was like, wait, I have haters. Yeah. <laughs> like I hadn't looked, I didn't know. Um, but basically, yeah, I think people then like the narrative of some people, more casuals are like, she didn't, she didn't play. She just was there to like sit around. And like, because Soka didn't get a lot of like strategy time till the episode I went home, like we only got Matt and Franny's like love story was like our only plot line it was easy for somebody who just believes the edit to be true to be like, oh, Claire literally did nothing. So people turned on me a bit there. And also like the conversation did spark of like, you know, I was then the third girl in a row getting voted out. Like I remember even going to that challenge and being like, hmm, like, okay, Helen just got voted out. Like Maddie, Helen, oh me. Like, uh, so I think it was part of a larger discourse of like that mid and early new era where like, the boot orders look eerily similar. And like that also, I think, made a big fuss. But like, I had no idea they would change the rule. And I'm not sure how I feel about them changing the rule anyways. Yeah. How do you feel about them changing the rule? You're not sure you said so. Let's go over the rule. So originally, the rule was you cannot sit out a reward challenge followed by an immunity challenge. That was the old school rule, I believe, right? Because the reason was because it was in the same episode. It resets at Tribal Council. Yes, it's the episode cycle. So you can't yeah. sit out two challenges in the same episode. Is that yeah. what? Exactly. Okay. And what broke was like, so that works great when you're on the, the 39 days. Correct. You have in every episode, you have like a reward and a challenge. But in 26 days, they combine the reward and uh, immunity for like the first three to four weeks. So you would then have like one challenge per episode. So you could it reset every episode and every challenge. And so that was the original rule was you can't sit out more than once in an episode cycle. And Jeff even clarified that like on the second time I was sitting out that it was allowed. Yeah. And then the new rule is you cannot sit out in back-to-back challenges, even if they're in, a, in separate episodes. Right. So... Do you agree with the new rule now that you can't sit out back to back like that? I think it's correct. And I think it's good. Like, I do feel like my hands were tied a bit. And like, it definitely impacted like the way the game worked. And I think it probably made it a little bit more boring. That being said, like, 
maybe I'm just like a purist, but like I prefer Survivor to be played in a way that like allows players to do what they want. Mm -hmm. And like, I think generally like any rule that changes and like mandates action in one way or another is like usually a rule I don't like that much. Or like, so like, you know, I don't like, I love the idea of a hidden immunity idol and also like a fake idol. I don't like the idea of them making a fake idol and saying, give this fake idol to somebody. Yeah. And in the same way, I'm like, I agree with the concept of like, we shouldn't have people sitting out four challenges in a row. That being said, if players want to keep putting one person on the bench and a player wants to take on that risk, like I did, and like make that choice, like, why not? Okay. So here, and I'm just playing devil's advocate because I don't disagree with you. But there is a level of strategy in sitting people out knowing they can't sit out the next one. And so like you have a group think and you're like, okay, someone's extra terrible here. They should definitely sit out in the hopes that they have another. And then it forces the group to maybe look at themselves all closer, maybe. Yeah. Because uh, I think that in the old school era, that's what we would look at. We'd be like, okay, you can't sit out the next one. So we need to truly sit out the person who's going to be the biggest detriment to us here. Yeah. And also like the dynamic would have been so different, right? Like again, like Heidi, who is so hell-bent on y- participating. You'd, have, you'd be forced to have to participate. So then who? Yeah. And imagine also them like us having to go, okay, well, yeah. like it, it is, I think a little bit more interesting dynamic wise. And like, I agree with it. And I think like also though, like strategically people should be thinking about that anyways. Yeah. So again, I totally think it's right. I just am surprised that it had to become an, a physical actual rule that like, and I'll, and also apparently they like are a lot, not allowed to talk as much on the bench and like they made it like much more strict. And so it was like less fun, like less ability to strategize. Yeah. And so I think they just like, it makes sense. Like they want the TV to be in the challenge and like they want the interactions between players to be like somewhat they decide when and where so you change two rules here yeah like the funniest thing i think somebody did a comparison on twitter and like when people got out of the game they were telling me like when i was on the benches were like next to each other like and they would let me chit chat and then the episode (laughs) i got voted out they put the benches on two different platforms (laughs) <laughs> and then every time you look at the benches for any time there are two people sitting out, they'll put like a massive bush in the middle or they would like the benches were like 20 feet apart the minute I got voted out and they keep them pretty separate now. So going based on that, what about a new twist in the game where they have a little picnic set up for you? You don't know what the food is. It's under the like, ba-doop. it's like sometimes it could be giant fish eyeballs or whatever. But wouldn't that add another like conversation piece as people are deciding who to sit out when they're like, there could be food under that. I think it'd be so fun. Take that another step. And like, they love advantages and twists. Imagine you just have a little platter. It could have a scroll in it. Mm -hmm. It could have like, it could be a scroll that says like, you get nothing. Or a scroll that's like, sorry, you lost your vote. Or like, you get this. And there's like this added dynamic in the same way that journeys being random, like, you don't know if you're sending somebody on a journey and they're just going to get a feast or if they're going to get a full free idol yeah. or they're going to get swapped. And so it's like, I actually think that would be like a really fun bench dynamic. Yeah. The only issue and like what I've thought about a lot is like the balance because, and the reason like every time I get to my bench, the minute the, the challenge would start, I'd look under the bench, I'd look around the bench, I'd check that there were no things. But I quickly realized like, because my tribe is so wi- was winning so much, you can't then give me an advantage on top of that 
because then you're just going to keep handing the winners more. Like, it can't stuff. always be an advantage. Yeah, it can't always yeah. be an advantage. Yeah, sometimes like you see a platter of food there, but it's covered. And it's like, yeah. there is an advantage here. And you go and sit down and it's a fish eyeball. And it's like your advantage is after you finish your fish eyeball, you can talk <laughs> with the other sitter like, out. Imagine they were like, you you open it and it's like a Candace and they're like, go straight to exile. Yeah. And like, you just have to like, yeah, I out. think that'd be actually a really fun use and like a fun little twist. And like, I mean, I think the bench, I think it's hard, right? You're managing so many storylines. So it just adds like so many more layers. Yeah. But I think it's such a fun component of the game. Like I always, as a kid, even like watching the way that like you have like Sandra and Courtney sitting place, like just chilling on the bench, the way that like people use the bench was always a really interesting mechanism to me. And like in the way of like, a, as a super fan, it was one that I was like, it feels like the only thing that hasn't been touched almost and like over-optimized. Yeah. And I was like, I think, and like, I remember watching International Survivor or even like early Survivor where like, you have people talking to each other, like, you know, you have like Boston Robin Lex having that really important exchange right after a challenge that like changed the entire game. Like you have these things and like, why not use that downtime to like play game and to play more and to do more Right. Um, in like a really also managing your threat level. Yeah. No, I like it. I think there is a time and a place for sitting out for sure. I think you utilized it well. It, we were sad to see you go that early because I think we even had you uh, uh, as player of the episode at some point. We had you best move of the game. Did we have that, Riley? We definitely had you listed as best move of the episode at some point. Maybe that first one where you were extracting information. I had to look back at the Riley. archives to know for sure. Well, let's just let's take just that say, as fact. Yeah. Let's just yeah. say yeah. She, she's on the show right now. Why wouldn't we just admit that, Riley? It's like, wait, I was rewatching, I was listening to Carson's episode uh -huh. of yours right before I got on to like see what you guys talked about. <laughs> him coming in and being like, I've never heard of your podcast. I'd never listened to it as the first like five minutes. I was like peeing my pants laughing. I was like, just say you're a fan. <laughs> yeah. You think he was playing it cool? Probably. Yeah. He's good at that. Um, I would say the thing, yeah, I like definitely was like a disappointing ending, right? Like I would have loved to play more game and there was a lot of game I didn't. I felt like I was holding my breath a bit, trying to like just get to the next thing. Yeah. And I love that I have something that like is iconic and like continues to like be something that, you know, people ask me about or that people think about or like other players are actually still thinking about. And so it's great because like keeps me more relevant than a regular fourth boot. But at the same time, like it is so interesting. And like I had it and I knew that that would become part of my that would be my story and i just didn't understand that it would like also change the rules and like make people really talk about it and cause such an uproar because it's literally just like you're playing a, a carnival game right and like it's like a tiring carnival game that like you do a bunch of heavy lifting and it all comes down to a puzzle every time and i just like survivors so much randomness and they inject so much randomness and like the level of control you do or don't have. And so like, I do like the fact that this gives you like one more thing to like control, but it is just like a very interesting thing. And it's like funny watching the reception too, of like getting a DM from like John Cochran being like, I wish I could have sat out every challenge. Like, he didn't think know, of it. Like people... He didn't even think of it. <laughs> I mean, that's why he had to try play twice, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was an interesting one. And like, I think about like you being like, Oh, my little arm, it's hurt. 
right? Like for I mean, I wouldn't say little. Like <laughs> sure, thin, lean, little. You're the opposite of Matt. You like played it up instead yeah. of playing it down. Yeah, it, I mean, it. I couldn't move it for probably like uh, close to a week. Like it was too painful wow. to move. And then I could get some, and I would say probably like two, maybe close to two weeks. It was proficient enough, but enough about me. I think it's an interesting one though, like uh, just like threat levels and like physical stuff. Yeah. Like, especially like, I think that was another thing that comes in is like, you spend so much time in the interview process, in life at Ponderosa, thinking about like how you're going to be perceived and you have to make constant decisions of like, okay, well, first off, there are a lot of people who are not self-aware, who like do not read well what they're going to be perceived like and like think one thing and it's totally the opposite. But you make constant decisions of like, okay, people are going to think I'm X. Do I lean into it or do I lean away from it? And like, does that help me or hurt me? And so it's like trying to balance out the places that you might be threatening in or if you're going to be too good at like certain things or too holistic and like figuring out when to like play your cards because it really matters, right? Like how much of a threat you are because with the way that the new era works, you're moving so quickly and it becomes like, who's the biggest target? Let's get them out next. You need to make sure that the target stays off of you. And so the bench is a way to do that, especially if you don't want people to know that you might also be a physical threat. But it is another way to like reinforce people thinking, oh, that girl's weak. She's small. Playing in challenges and doing well is the exact opposite as well. Did your tribe mates like notice that you were talking to other people on the bench or were they like too busy in the challenge? Um, I, I shared some and I actually don't know if I should have because maybe they didn't trust me as much. Like it was too much information, but I shared a little of like, oh yeah, I talked to Matthew who told me that they're like blah, blah, blah. The funny thing, and I think you see it in the clips is like, I didn't even realize, but I was like hiding behind a tree. <laughs> Like I was like standing in the shade because it was so hot. So I think people notice, but people are so engrossed in the challenges. Like I used to watch and be like, how are they not noticing them going to the other bench and picking up or like going to the end of the challenge and picking up like a scroll? And it really is. People are so engrossed in like what's happening, what the game is, what's going on that like you could do a lot of things in a challenge and no one would notice. So Claire, final question here. Jeff Probst calls you back. You've got a... Game Changers 2.0. Have they only done yeah. two game, first Game Changers? Yeah, I think so. And I don't know how that went. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Claire, you're the first one we're calling. We're going to build this whole season around you. You're going back out. What are you changing? Like, are you going to approach it different? Or are you going to do the same thing? Like, what, what does uh, Claire Rafson 2.0 look like? God, I don't know. I think obviously I would change something because I didn't win. But the interesting thing is like, I actually sure. don't know how I could have been more prepared. Like I was in the best shape of my life. I, I didn't do a Carson, but I had like bought all of the 3D printed puzzles I could find. I could do like all of them. I knew how to make fire. Like I was so prepared and I also was like mentally prepared. And so like, I don't think I would change anything. If it comes luck of the draw, I think I would have like maybe played a little bit more, like just make moves, try not to be so like, afraid of the short term and like just work through that the thing that is funny though and that's weird now is like a returnee season in the new era would be so interesting we're like so connected everyone's like knows everyone knows their business and like knows each other's vibes and like i played up how like i was so non-threatening and like not that smart or like all these things and i don't think i could do that on a second run 
So it would have to be a very different type of game. But yeah, I would also play in a challenge, I think. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you think. We'll see. All right, Claire, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. Everyone can follow your exploits. You're like traveling the world all the time. Like I I almost would hate to see you with a million dollars because it already seems like you're living that millionaire lifestyle. So it's like, does she need more flight miles? I don't think so. I need the money. I'm like going into horrible debt. Okay, well, okay. Well, that's still one way to live. You got to live like you got it, right? Spend that yeah. money before. Claire, you are the pinnacle game changer of the new era so far in uh, the pod has spoken opinion. Riley, thanks for being with us as always. Claire, best of luck. We hope to see you on season 50, Game Changers of the New Era. That's what we're calling it. (laughs) Uh, Until next time, everyone, thanks for tuning in. See ya. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.